Hello, listeners. I am Deanne Jules, Deputy Director of the International Ethics Standards Board for Accountants, and I am here with Stavros Tomadakis, Chairman of the Board. We're joined by several working group chairs and members, Jens Pohl, Ian McPhee, Trish Mulvaney, and Don Thompson. We are here to convene some of the highlights from the board's meeting in Athens, Greece, this week, June 18th to 20th, 2018. Stavros, this was the second um, meeting of the board in 2018. May I please invite you to share your reflections of the meeting with our listeners? Thank you, Diane, and hello to our listeners. Indeed, this was uh, a very good meeting, uh, not only for its content, but also it took place for the first time in Athens, Greece, and I'm personally, of course, very happy to have had the honor of having the board here, and I believe our board members have also enjoyed the environment and have been very productive in our work. Let me say that uh, we had a number of very substantive discussions on uh, topics that my colleagues will touch on, like non-audit services, professional skepticism, fees, and the electronic code. But let me, before I give the microphone to them, say that we had two very interesting presentations uh, during this board meeting. One was on the EU audit directive and regulation. Uh, this was offered by a representative of Accountancy Europe, and it was very informative, and there was a lot of discussion and questions about how this, the progress of implementation of these directives and regulations is uh, going. The other presentation was on technology and the impact of technology on ethical issues and dilemmas of the profession. This was presented by representatives of ACCA and it was of course made in the context of the broader work that our working group uh, is doing. We have a working group doing work in this area and this was in preparation in order to have a preliminary discussion. Very useful. Besides that, there were updates on various areas of work of um, ESBA. I will not mention everything that took place, but I will mention that we had a very important update on how the coordination between ESBA and the IAASB is going. Uh, and we've also had a, an update on the new planning of um, activity that our uh, Emerging Issues Committee uh, is uh, going to be undertaking now that we're entering a new strategic plan uh, period. So um, issues like the rollout of the restructured code, which to us remain a very high priority, uh, were discussed and many practical ideas about how to make this successful and effective uh, were exchanged, and as well as uh, there was a discussion on the, uh, and this is part of the coordination work, of course, on the alignment of um, the code with ESA E3000, uh, which is an ongoing project for the board. So at this point, I will stop 
and I can return the microphone to you, Diane. Thank you, Stavros. At this time, I'll invite Don Thompson to share um, some highlights of the ECODE discussion. Thank you, Diane. The ECODE initiative was approved at the board's December 2017 meeting and was explored at the board's March meeting. At this June meeting, the board discussed and was supportive of proceeding with phase one, initial electronic enhancements of the code. These initial enhancements are being designed to help users understand and comply with the revised and restructured code, helping users visualize the parts of the code, allowing filtering to enable users to focus in on what is applicable to them, highlighting and providing ready access to sections relevant to a particular situation, the overarching requirements, relevant general provisions, and specific sections dealing with particular topics. Users will be able to drill down into any of the parts and sections as needed. Boolean search techniques will be available, and it will be possible to narrow searches to particular portions of the code. Functionality will also be improved with features such as digitization, formatted exporting of material, linkage to cross-references, glossary definitions and descriptions, and non-authoritative material. Toggling between areas, bookmarking and notations. These phase one enhancements are intended to improve the user experience, helping you and infrequent users, as well as frequent users of the code, learn about the code and answer questions effectively and efficiently. The working group will have further discussions with the developers and finalize the specifications over the next uh, short while. Timely completion is important as these initial enhancements will help users get to know and apply the revised and restructured code. The working group is also exploring whether the eCode platform will be transferable to others. In addition to the phase one enhancements now underway, the eCode working group will be exploring additional enhancements that will further improve the user experience and reinforce compliance with the code. Thank you. Thank you, John. And now, Jens, if you don't mind sharing some highlights of the non-assurance services discussion. Thank you, Diane. Yes, we had a, a good discussion on the progress on non-assurance services. And we wanted to give uh, or get a preliminary report back on the Washington DC and Paris round tables. Basis for that was a briefing paper which was agreed by the board. And we had in both locations very good representation from all stakeholders, uh, all group of stakeholders. Um, so it was a very intensive discussion. We had in this briefing paper uh, different questions and we discussed this in working groups in round tables and we got for the first and probably most important question which is the general po policy objective of the IESPA very big support that um, the board should play a leadership role in developing global standards the discussion went around what is the baseline which level should a baseline have but um, we get a very positive feedback on the role of IESPA. In the more detailed discussion, we had um, questions about materiality or significance, and we get good feedback 
Uh, on that term, there were some questions about uh, the clearness of the term. Perhaps there should be a different approach. And uh, more or less everyone agreed that there should be some de minimis aspects, but further discussion is necessary, and the working group will deal with that. The next important point, um, which uh, is the PIE, non-PIE conceptual uh, approach. There are some um, conceptual issues. There are SMP concerns. We um, very carefully discussed the pro and the cons and asked for alternative approaches. For example, um, companies um, who are owner management managed or similarly. But there was an interesting input by especially by investors to say it doesn't matter whether they are PI or non-PIs, it's more relevant whether they are outside investors, yes or no, or outside parties who have interest. The next point, and that uh, refers to what um, uh, Stavros told about new technologies, we, we had some question on new emerging services and their impact on ethical issues, especially on the independence issues. It was very interesting to, to listen to, to some um, participants which explained that there is not only the question of professional services but also of business relationship. So I think that was a very key observation and we will handle and discuss this further. Another very important point was that there is probably no need for immediate new requirements on certain services, but the fundamental principles which has been enhanced by the revision of the code and the general provisions of the conceptual framework continue to be relevant. I think that was one big takeaway from that discussion. And then the last big point um, we, we discussed also during this board meeting was the communication with those charged with governance, disclosure, and transparency. It was a clear understanding that transparency towards those charged with governance and others probably is very important. And perhaps a very clear outcome was too that there was no big appetite for fee caps. And um, there was broad consensus on the positive on pre-approval uh, with the audit committee or those charged with governance. There was also some discussion on the business model um, of accountancy firm that was other matters we discussed during the round tables and we got interesting input from different uh, stakeholders on their concerns on the business model and the impact to the um, non-assurance services framework. So I think that were the main discussions we highlighted in that board meeting, and we will have now further roundtables in July in Tokyo and in Melbourne, and the board will have a full review of all the input from the roundtables in the September meeting, and probably in the December meeting we will then discuss a project proposal. Thank you, Jens. Over to you, uh, Ian. Thanks, Diane. Um, so my report is to advise the uh, um, stakeholders about the fees working group, which has been undertaking fact-finding activities directed to identifying whether there is a relationship between fees 
and threats to compliance with the fundamental principles or to independence, or whether there are reasonable perceptions that such threats exist, and uh, to flag how the board might consider uh, addressing such threats. So uh, the terms of reference for the working group focused on four main areas. Firstly, the level of audit fees for individual audit engagements. Secondly, the size of fees relative to revenue at the partner, office or firm levels. Third, the ratio of non-audit services to, uh, to audit fees. And then finally, uh, audit for firms with significant uh, non-audit service businesses. The fact-finding activities have been quite broad, um, firstly based on benchmarking of statutory provisions in G20 countries, secondly academic research undertaken for us by Professor Hay from New Zealand, and thirdly a survey of key stakeholder groups. As you might expect in this area, there have been quite a range of matters raised, but I guess the stronger views were expressed in relation to fee pressures, notably uh, for SMPs and the potential impact on both professional competence and audit quality arising from fee pressures and understandably the concern is with low fees rather than the high fees. And the second very obvious area of concern related to the high ratio, where there are high ratio of NAS fees to audit fees uh, and, of course, the, the, the threat there relates to independence of the auditor or firm, and particularly around independence in appearance. So these are the two key areas, and at this meeting of the board, the uh, board discussed a range of options to address the matters drawn to attention by the range of fact-finding activities. Central to these discussions were opportunities to enhance the code, and we had a very good discussion around that. A couple of things coming out of that was the importance of transparency around fees and non-audit services, and also the benefits that many saw about NAS services being um, approved by those charged with governance. A more broadly related point that got raised was the uh, continuing importance of the Board's um, work in relation to education and reinforcing the expectations of the Code, particularly the the new code. So uh, it was a very useful discussion, very timely indeed, and the board has agreed that on the basis of the fact-finding activities that, uh, that the working group should bring forward a project proposal for a fees project which uh, should be considered at the September meeting. The other uh, related issue that was reinforced by the board was the importance of the fees working group and the NAS working group working collectively together, including in the development of the proposal for fees going forward. So thank you, Diane. That's a summary of the fees working group. Thanks, Ian, and over to you, Trish. Thank you very much. On the professional skepticism front, since our uh, last board meeting, um, we have released a consultation paper uh, entitled Professional Skepticism meeting public expectations. That comment period will go through August 15th, so we uh, look forward to getting input through that channel. As Jens mentioned, uh, we have four global roundtables that have been planned, two of which have been completed in the month of June, one in DC and one in Paris. 
uh, and Tokyo and Melbourne are, are up next for July 12th and 16th, respectively. Uh, at our meeting, we briefed the board on uh, what the feedback has been to date from our uh, global roundtables. Uh, and as a quick reminder, we are asking and soliciting public comment in two broad areas, uh, one having to do with what behaviors are expected of all professional accountants by the public, and the other is how, to, how best to address these expectations. We had 20 to 30 participants in the uh, roundtables, each in uh, D.C. and Paris, and, and I will say, having been there myself, it was a terrific and an engaging session. The options and behaviors um, that are laid out in the consultation paper, I, I won't go through in detail, but the bulk of our discussion at the roundtable centered around kind of five areas, uh, one having to do with whether it would be appropriate uh, for our board to consider whether professional skepticism as currently defined for auditors in the auditing standards would be appropriate for all professional accountants, whether we would keep professional skepticism as a moniker but redefine what that meant based on the behaviors that are set out in our consultation paper. Uh, another option being to develop another term altogether and a definition related to that based on the behaviors that we believe are expected of all accountants. And in addition to or in lieu of any of those options, whether enhanced guidance in the code or other forms of guidance to be provided would, would help in our practitioners meeting public expectations. So far, based on the feedback that we've gotten from those roundtable sessions, it appears as if there's, there's not so much support for having the current auditor definition of professional skepticism to apply more broadly. And there were concerns about whether maintaining professional skepticism as a moniker but changing the definition um, that would cause confusion. And in fact, what we're trying to achieve here is a simplified and easy to understand um, for our practitioners and the public in terms of, of what we need to do to meet their expectations. Hence, more support so far for uh, a new term that would incorporate the behaviors set out in the consultation paper, and there seemed to be very much resounding support for um, additional guidance within the code and, and perhaps elsewhere as well. So pleased to say that uh, to date and in summary, we, we seem to have support for the direction of travel of our work. We very much look forward um, to the remaining roundtables and to receive by the middle of August um, other input from those that will be giving that to us um, on the consultation paper itself. As Jen said, um, we expect looking forward that uh, our September board meeting um, will include an update from the remaining two roundtables and the consultation paper responses. Um, and we're looking to be able to have a more formal proposal for our longer-term goals out of our working group uh, by the end of this calendar year. Thank you very much, Trish. And thank you, Don, Jens, Ian, and Stavros, for your very insightful remarks on this week's meeting. The next meeting of the Ethics Board will be held on September 17th through 20th, 2018, and it will be in New York. United States. 
um, the ethics board as a reminder, the meetings are open to the public and we encourage those interested to please observe our meetings. Um, you can register as an observer by going to the IESBA meeting page at our website, which is www.ethicsboard.org, where you can also find helpful information, including the agenda materials for the, that specific meeting, as well as information about the board's projects and initiatives. The Ethics Board records a podcast summary following each of our meetings. You can subscribe to our podcast channel in iTunes by searching IFAC, I-F-A-C, Accountancy Podcast in the Apple iTunes Store. You can also follow us on Twitter under ethics underscore board. And at this time, I'd like to thank our listeners for joining us. Have a wonderful day.